We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Straightcast on Road of Vince Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our new friends over at Game Time, your home for tickets and more. GameTime.co. We'll hear about it later on the show. Get yourself a little discount, boys and girls. All right. So we missed last week. We missed some news, so we'll get some of that news here. Some some news that's happened, you know, leading up to early this week as well. Daniel, um, we don't have time for pleasantries, but how are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. All right. Here we go. Uh, start off with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott signed with the New England Patriots. What does this mean for Zeke? What does this mean for Mr. Stevenson? Uh, well, it gives Zeke a job, but I don't think it necessarily leads to much. I mean, I think it's very clear that the Ramondre is that guy. Um uh, you know, he was RB7 last year on 200 carries, give or take. Uh, it's, he did have 90 targets, and I don't see that changing really with Zeke. I mean, if Damian Harris uh, and, and the backs that they've had couldn't take uh, a big chunk of those targets off of Ramondre, I don't see Zeke doing it. Not to say that he's bad at pass catching, but uh, he, he is just, you know, leaving a situation of something similar. So I... I I think Zeke is, essentially comes in and is Damian Harris. I think if people are panicking to try to get rid of Ramondre, now is a really good time to buy because you do have that fresh body on the roster. Zeke is going to be, if anything, he, he might vulture a couple of touchdowns. Uh, but I, I really don't see how this hurts Ramondre's floor or ceiling outside of maybe losing two or three touchdowns throughout the year. But you know, there, there's not really, there's not really a lot of leeway for this to go bad. I don't think. I mean, the, the Patriots are, uh, or were, bottom ten in rushing last year. Uh, whether it was from attempts, from yards per game, which would coincide with each other fairly well, uh, they, they just don't. They're not running it enough. They don't get enough plays in because of how that team plays. Everything is so slow and methodical, and, and you know, they, they just, they don't run that way. So. 
Uh, I don't think much changes really across the board outside of you've got Ezekiel Elliott, who is going to be a situational player, and that's probably it. If he wasn't, didn't look so bad, I, I think we'd be having a different conversation. But he still has the mind for the game. You can tell he can still see the holes. He can still, you know, feel out what the defense is doing. He just can't get there anymore. Yeah, I, I think that any sort of discount you can get, like I'm, I before any of this news, I'm not I wasn't the biggest Ramondre guy, but I, I did think he was a decent investment, like the third round of redraft type leagues. And you know, if you can get him for a early second, late first, like it wouldn't wouldn't be the worst move in the world. But I'm buying the discount on Stevenson here uh, because I do think that while everyone knows Zeke is washed, they still think this has some sort of detriment to Stevenson's receiving upside. I think that. If like if there's anything that is impacted with Stevenson in terms of his production, I think it's his rushing touchdown floor. I think that Stevenson's rushing touchdown floor is probably like three or four now, whereas it was probably like seven or eight realistically. Well, nothing- I don't I don't mean to cut you off. He had five last year. They had twelve total as a team, so he's getting already less than fifty percent. I don't think that changes anything. His touchdown production could go up if this offense is even remotely decent, which it shouldn't be, but. It can't be worse than last year. Well, sure, but but the the role was anticipated to increase with Stevenson in 2023 in comparison to 2022. I, I mean, I don't see him getting less than 210 carries. I don't see him getting less than 90 yeah. targets. I don't think any of that changes. I quite literally think Zeke is taking Damian Harris's role, and what it might mean is them splitting red zone looks. That That's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with, with Zeke himself, like, his value raises just because he now has a spot in an NFL roster. But outside of that, it's not like the Patriots are a huge boost from an offensive perspective. They're not a team that's going to be projected to score a lot of touchdowns. Like if Zeke goes to the Chiefs, it's like, okay, like, yes, he's washed, but he's going to get a bunch of red zone looks. But he goes to the Patriots where they're not going to be one of the higher scoring teams unless Mac Jones has some sort of, you know, year three resurgence. Um, So any of your thoughts on Zeke to the Patriots? I just I wanted to do a quick activity with you, very very quick, a one answer, and then we move on. Oh boy, what wouldn't you trade Ezekiel Elliott away for? What wouldn't I trade Ezekiel Elliott? I wouldn't trade Zeke for anything less than two twelve. Really? Yeah. I think I'll... I think if I get a trade offer of a draft pick, I'm sending him. I mean, he's still worth a roster spot, and 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 yeah, I, I'm a Zeke guy. I, I like we we've we've been we've argued over Zeke for years. I, I, he's done. That dude can barely stand on those legs. Sure. I mean, well, I guess the, the the question or answer there is then like, do you have the roster space? If you don't have the roster space, sure, take a third for him. But if if you aren't like you know hit, hitting the roster cut down line, anything close, like I think it's fine to give up a third for Zeke. Okay. What's next? Next, another running back who might be washed, but probably not as washed as Zeke, uh, as Dan shakes his head no. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook to the Jets to be RB1B, to be RB2 behind Brees Hall. Um, the crazy part is a lot of the speculation of, of Dalvin Cook to the Jets was all around, oh, like if Brees isn't there 100%, then Dalvin is there to like, you know, get th- that early season work. But... But when Dalvin signed, he was still recovering from a shoulder injury and Brees was getting on the field. So 
the the thesis for the Dalvin Cook signing was already out the window the minute that it happened. But I, I, I guess is the question that Brees might take longer to go full go from a lower body injury, whereas Dalvin, once he's good from a shoulder injury, he should be full go. Yeah, I think it gives them the leeway to be able to wait on Brees. Because the one thing you don't want to do is is obliterate Brees' long-term outlook. And, and I don't think them adding Dalvin Cook has really much effect, if any, on, on Brees' you know, future. Because he, he's fairly polished. He looked good last year. Um, and Dalvin is quite literally the opposite of a veteran back that, that Ezekiel Elliott is. He still has the pop. He still has... You know, maybe not Florida State, Dalvin, but he can still take any almost any play to the house uh, on on any given day. So, I think I think these two situations are are quite different. I do think Dalvin is a real problem for Brees short term, and whether that means that they slowly bring Brees back and he's just not even on the field, or they really limit his looks, you know, especially in the first half of the season. And maybe longer, so he's he's fresher for longer. Uh, I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see both of these guys getting 10, 12, 15 total touches per game. Uh, Rodgers will throw it 30, 35 times a game. And, you know, a- as efficient as he can be with the wide receivers that he's got now, having these two running backs, they can really run whatever sets they want. You might even see both guys on the field at the same time. But... Uh, I, I don't think volume is going to be there really for either one of them to even sniff like an RB1 spot. I think you could have both of these guys like mid to low RB2-ish just because I think that they're they're going to you know eat out of each other's bowl. I, I don't think that one of these guys is going to dominate touches this year. And, you know, if again, if people are worried about Brees because he's going to be either missing some time or not as useful short term, it's a great time to buy. I, and I also think it, if people think Dalvin Cook is going to go in there and take that job for this year, it's also a really good time to sell Dalvin. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I just I, I think Brees is a, a slow to return, however long that may take. And even when he does return, he's not going to get the lion's share of the work. They don't, you don't bring in Dalvin for that to not give him the ball as much as humanly possible. Yeah, I, I think that the one big difference between Dalvin to the Jets and Zeke to Patriots, other than the fact that Dalvin probably has a little bit more mileage in the tank, is that Aaron Rodgers is better than Mac Jones. Uh, sure? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers' backfields have multiple fantasy productive running backs, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon to an extent, and, and Aaron Jones. And I'm sure, you know, obviously many years in the past, there, there's been other examples of that as well. Um, and then just good offenses are more likely to produce more fantasy running backs that are viable. So while I don't think that Brees is a high-end RB1 potentially anymore, I think that he is firmly a high-end RB2 as a ceiling-type play in 2023. And Dalvin, I think, you know, is probably a high-end RB3, low-end RB2-type play. But I think both of them are viable. And that if either of them are getting undervalued because the other one is there, I'm buying the dip on either of them. You know, obviously I'm, I'm doing that a lot regardless of who it is. But backs that should be good in very good offenses are still buys regardless of the competition that's beside them. Yeah, and like you said, it's going to be a really good offense. I'm not saying to like avoid these guys, but 
I, I do think that from the value perspective, you can still get good value out of selling Dalvin Cook, and you can you can get a good price on Brees right now because of Dalvin Cook. Uh, and we always talk about second contract running backs. How do you feel about third contract running backs, Nathan? <laughs> well, sure, but I mean, I yes, literally, it is his third contract. <laughs> um, but does it really count if you get? cut halfway through your second contract it was supposed to be for fun no i I, yeah like you said i I think both of these guys realistically could end up as mid to low end rb2s i think Brees' ceiling is there if he gets back and healthy i just i don't think you pay dalvin that much money to give one of these guys the you know the the actual workhorse spot unless they are trying to limit dalvin so he's healthy for the playoffs whatever it happens to be and they could always go hot hand, too. If somebody's having a game, you know, the other guy yeah. just chills. Well, I, I will say, I think that in terms of the hot hand type argument, I think if Brees is cooking, I think Dalvin's oh, only... Yeah. If, if Brees is cooking, Dalvin's only coming on the field for breathers. I think if Dalvin's cooking, literally, if Dalvin is cooking, you're still going to see Brees a decent bit. Yeah, and, and I think both of these guys will still be heavily involved in the passing game as well. So, um there's a good chance that this offense produces a whole crap load of fantasy viable assets and they're being drafted as such. I just, some people are, are get a little gun shy when you start to get too many cooks in the kitchen, no pun intended. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be a fun team. So I, I think I, I like your perspective of, of if there are, is a dip you're buying. Um, I still looking at it from a, what value you can get out of it. Like if you're selling or if you're buying rather than just trying to get the points, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely points to be had here. All right. Next we've had the Jonathan Taylor mystery hour, now, the mystery hour, mystery day, mystery week, mystery month, mystery off season, uh, for Jonathan Taylor. He's been hurt and not hurt and then hurt and then not hurt. And also he's been traded and not traded and traded and not traded. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, the, the Colts have granted him permission to seek out trade offers with other teams. Um, the Chargers did this with Austin Eckler earlier in the offseason. It didn't go so well. Um, I'm guessing nobody called Austin Eckler back, and I'm, it might happen the same. with. I know Taylor's a little bit younger, so he might have a little bit better of a chance of getting that, that phone call answered. But either way, um, where what do you what, what do you see with John Taylor? Do you, do you see him as traded, not traded? Do you think that it necessarily matters? And I know that we like the connection to Anthony Richardson, so theoretically we want him to, to stay there to an extent, but if you're putting Jonathan Taylor in that Chiefs offense, that would be very fun. Um, but I guess, what are your predictions of what would happen? And then, like, how does the value shake out there? Well, I think his value can somehow rise because, yes, if he is a Kansas City Chief, uh, if Jerry Jones decides to do the unthinkable and let Zeke walk, sign Pollard, and then go and trade for Jonathan Taylor, imagine that offense. Uh, I, I think another, you know, kind of off the cuff random one would be somebody like the Rams, you know, just taking a shot. I think the Dolphins still have to at least consider it. I know that they probably don't have the cap and you don't need to be paying running backs when you when you have to when you have Tyreek, when you have Waddle, you can put anybody in that backfield and they're probably going to do something similar. However, if the Dolphins were to land Jonathan Taylor that probably puts the Dolphins in the driver's seat in the AFC. Yes, we still have to deal with Patrick Mahomes, but 
Tua was looking MVP-ish pre-injury, and this team's only gotten better. So I, I think there's there's a chance that Taylor can has have his price increased by going to one of a few spots. And I think if it isn't one of those few spots, he is still an Indianapolis Colt, and there's a non-zero chance that he sits. I I don't think he sits. I think that, you know, obviously a lot of players learn their, you know, Austin Eckler. You'd think, you'd think after watching Le'Veon Bell just yeah. ruin everything, um, you would Melvin, think that Melvin these guys Gordon, would learn. And Melvin Gordon. Too, and so Melvin. He, he, but he, he still had has the, success fall he had, he had the accrued season, and he got the contract from Denver, but he was yeah. never the same player as he was, obviously. And part of that's obviously just uh, the running back age thing. But, you know, um, it does seem from a at least skill level play perspective that the sitting thing hasn't worked out so well. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see that as I'm not factoring in that necessarily uh, of a sit out. I, I could I could, though, see like, you know, players, they do take risks and they do play hurt. And if Jonathan Taylor has like a stubbed toe, he's going to be like, <laughs> No, I'm not playing for the Colts. I have a stub toe. Um, so um, that that could be the one concern of the quiet quitting uh, type thing. But in terms of dynasty or redraft value, I'm still valuing John Taylor as a Colt. I'm still valuing Jonathan Taylor as a player who's going to be playing the you know duration uh, maintaining health for the 2023 season. Um, and I still value him as a top three-ish redraft running back, top three-ish dynasty running back. Um yeah, I'm I'm still aboard. If there's any sort of dip on on Taylor, I'm buying. Definitely. All right. Uh, before we get into the second half of the show, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans, another AFC South team. Uh, we have Traylon Burks, who uh, there was a scary situation. We thought it might be an ACL, MCL, ended up being an LCL, and it ended up being only a sprained LCL. So he's projected to miss a, a few weeks. Um, uh, their head coach didn't give a, t- a, t- a specific timeline, but the fact that he didn't, uh, you know, tear or anything worse than a sprain with the LCL seems like it's a, a good sign for Burks in his immediate playing time. Um, but I, I will say it's not a good thing when you have injuries as a rookie. And it's not even from an injury perspective. It's not a good thing when you have injuries as a rookie, don't really stand out too much when you are on the field and then open up your sophomore season with an injury. So like, Traylon Burks has to get healthy, not even from an injury perspective, has to get healthy to show that, hey, I, I was worth that first round pick you guys spent on me. Yeah, and I mean, overall, with, with not being healthy, and uh, I mean, it's hard to argue a worse spot to go as a wide receiver slash pass catcher, you know, slash offensive weapon than Tennessee. Every play is run through Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill has been abysmal outside of his one standout year. Uh, it, it's a really tough place to be for a wide receiver right now. I mean, they were bottom three in essentially every passing category last year. Uh, and I don't know that that changes much. That There's not a lot of ceiling short-term for Traylon Burks, even if he is healthy. This team sucks. It, it's, it's genuinely bad. Um... You know, whether it's Tannehill or Malik Willis or Will Levis, there's not a lot of passing upside. So I still think I'm stashing Burks or or buying if people are like, all right, that's that's the last straw for me. Just because I do think that he can be successful. He just couldn't have found a worse place to go. Um, as far as the quarterback situation goes, 
I mean, it wouldn't take much convincing for me to just agree that Malik Willis is better than Will Levis. I was a fan prior. He he started to to really look bad and like he couldn't play the position. But I also think that has a lot to do with Tennessee. It has a lot to do with the offensive playbook. It has a lot to do with the with just everything as as far as how that team is built. That's that's not building around Malik's strengths or using Malik to his strengths. There's plenty of teams that could. That's not one of them. So I still am going to I don't want to say I'm going to plant my flag, but I may as well just die on that hill to say that Malik Willis is better than Will Levis because Will Levis is very bad. Yeah, definitely surprising um, for a team that, you know, the fact that Malik Willis is beating out Will Levis for the backup job lends credence to something I didn't think was possible. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starter unless he gets hurt. Um, I, I thought for sure that the Titans and Levis would be a candidate to be a week seven, eight, nine, ten like quarterback transition. And they still could be, whether it's Willis or Levis, but like because the Titans aren't aren't a good team. And so if they are like two and six, you know, week eight, week nine, is there a reason for them to continue playing Ryan Tannehill at the age of 34, 35? No. Uh, especially when they have two young quarterbacks that they should try and get reps and they should try and see what they look like. Because what if they are legitimately like a top five pick and they're staring at, okay, do we want to spend a pick on Drake May or do we want to roll with Willis or Levis, which is probably the answer should be no for either of them. Um, but definitely uh, in terms of Levis's like short-term and long-term upside, it's definitely a bad sign that he's losing it to Willis who had one of the worst rookie seasons we've ever seen period. Um, so it, I guess we'll wrap up Titans talk with or Titans quarterback talk with. Do you think it's that? And I think I I know your answer to an extent here, but is it that Willis got a lot better or that Levis is that bad? I think it's both. I I, I think I think Malik with time and and getting up to speed in in the NFL because he looked he he I mean he looked like a chicken with his head cut off last year, and he needs time. We knew he needed time to develop. We knew he was going to walk in right away as pro ready. Um, but that was that was a lot of like what Will Levis was supposed to have brought was that like NFL arm, like he's ready to go. He needs some time to develop, but he could go right now if he needed to. That's just not true. I, I don't know where anybody ever got that from. The people that praised him, I, I don't know what they saw on the on tape. Anytime I watched that kid, I, I just I didn't see it. I just saw I, I, I just saw someone that I didn't even know could they could be like a backup type quarterback in the NFL. So. I don't know. I, I think Vrabel's too proud to give up on Tannehill halfway through a season. I, I, I think this season might also be shot for the both of them. And then we see some sort of, you know, youth surge in, in 2024 as they either rebuild, retool. Uh, Vrabel gets fired, hopefully, and we can then have fun as fantasy players again with the Tennessee offense. Oh, and then wrapping up Tennessee, do you see... So Tyson Spears has had some flashes in the preseason. We've seen, I feel like Derrick Henry backup running backs are the new Patriots Brady backup quarterbacks. Like every, <laughs> every year we have a new one every year. Like, okay, this is the one that's going to matter. Is Tyson Spears combined with Derrick Henry's age, finally the backup running back that matters in Tennessee. If Derrick Henry's heart is beating and his legs still work. Sorry, Tyson. All right. Now, before we get into the latter half of the show, let's hear about our new friends over at Game Time. 
One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live event. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats. And that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code rotoviz for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code rotoviz for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed that's right you can download the game time app create an account and use code rotoviz for $20 off your first purchase we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's get into the second half of the show. We have Kansas City Chiefs. We'll start more specifically with Justin Ross. You know me, I am draft capital, draft capital, draft capital. But when I'm not draft capital, draft capital, draft capital, I am Debbie, cheap guy, Debbie, cheap guy, Debbie, cheap guy. Um, which is why I am still going to figure out how to get some Rakeem Jarrett and Sean Tucker on my teams. Um, okay. uh, but we're not talking about Rakeem Jarrett or Sean Tucker at this exact moment. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about them next week. Justin Ross, he is the Debbie darling. He's the guy who hasn't done anything since 2018. Um, but he's been a star of Chiefs training camp. He was UDFA. He was out the, his entire rookie season with an injury. The question, point blank, Dan Sanyo, is Justin Ross really going to be a thing? I do. I, I think so. Um, I mean, it, if we remove 
the quote-unquote career-ending neck injury, right? Justin Ross on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Twitter's face would have melted clean off and they'd start calling it X or something. I, I don't Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I do think he's going to be a thing. I, I think he's looking very much like his former self. Um, the injury concerns don't seem to be there. I, I mean, uh, he's he's taking hits. He's practicing normal. Everything's full speed. He, I, I don't. He doesn't look limited even remotely to me. This this looks like the player we fell in love with, however many years ago. Um, and what a better place to be than Kansas City with with Mahomes. So. I think, well, A, it doesn't matter who Mahomes is throwing it to, so maybe he do- it doesn't matter, but I think what he provides and what he brings to that offense with the other pieces in place, obviously Travis Kelsey is option 1A and 1B, but these wide receivers, there's nobody guaranteed anything, right? Kadarius Tony isn't even a wide receiver. He's terrible. Who knows if he'll be healthy. Sky Moore is looking like like he's picking up some more reps, some more work, some more packages for himself. Uh, Rishi Rice, I think, is going to be better than a lot of people believe. But all of that being said, none of these guys have the profile that Justin Ross has or had. He was going to be the guy on an NFL team pre-injury. He had that. He was an alpha receiver. And we unfortunately got the news of the injury and everything 180, and now here we are, however many years later, and you know people are questioning whether or not he could actually do it. I don't. Did people have their eyes closed when he played in college or did not remember? He was the guy. So yes, I do think he is going to be something. But because of that injury history, is he going to be going out and getting 160 Mahomes targets? I don't think so. I don't think anybody will probably ever get that many Mahomes targets just because it doesn't matter who he throws to outside of Travis Kelsey. When you have Hall of Fame players, you throw to Hall of Fame players. Same thing with Tyreek. When you have Tyreeks, you throw it to them. So, yes, he matters. Will it be wide receiver one, wide receiver two? Probably not. But I do think that there is a lot of potential because he is him. Yeah, my my concern with Justin Ross is more so the amount of capital Kansas City Chiefs have invested at the wide receiver position that isn't named Justin Ross. They invested a second in Sky Moore, a second in Ray Shee Rice, a third in Kadarius Tony. Are they going to forego one or two or three of those guys for the guy they got as the undrafted free agent? I, I don't think so. I I can still say, like, you know, like if I was building a football team, regardless of draft capital, Justin Ross would probably be the wide receiver one or two with Kansas City. But unfortunately, that's not really how the NFL works. Um, so I still think it's intriguing enough that his stealing is still there. But the floor is still like, the question is, is he even going to make the roster? Like, it seems like he's had a good enough camp that he's going to make the roster, and that's not really a question. Uh, but, the, but the crazy thing is that he had to have an absurd camp to make the roster. And what has he done? He's had an absurd camp. Yeah, and we've seen the progress over the last couple of years of him, of him, you know, kind of coming out of it and getting it to making making teams and and being being there. But I think we're finally at a point where he may legitimately be at a hundred percent, and this could be the coming out party. And it, it may not la- last long, who knows? But I, I, I do think we have we have the return of Justin Ross on our hands. All right. So before we move on, let's just do a quick 
ranking of the Chiefs wide receivers. We have Sky, Tony, Rishi, Ross, and Rich Richie James. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go Dynasty for this. I'll start. I'll go Sky, Rishi, Tony, Ross, James. Um. Oh, so we're not putting Ross in the. Oh, you you do have Ross in this. Yeah, after Tony. Okay. Okay. I'll go. I'll go Rishi, Sky. Ross, Richie James, uh, the entire free agent receivers. Um, who is the the guy from Blue Mountain State? I'll take him. Um, and then a few more tiers, and then Kadarius Tony. Because I don't know if you know this, Nathan. He's got hands like feet. Kid can't catch or run routes. He's a punt returner. <laughs> all right. We have time for one more topic. I'll throw all three at you. You can pick one. Trey Palmer season. Deuce Vaughn, Cowboys RB2, or Jalen Warren season? Where, where do we want to go? Well, I mean, we can just quick fire off some thoughts. Deuce, Cowboys, holy cow, RB2. Please, for the love of God, Jerry, don't trade for Jonathan Taylor because Deuce may, in fact, be that guy. Uh, that, he's that so small, though. <laughs> he's, he's so little. He's like Rudy. Um, he is, but my God, he's got it. If he wasn't five foot nothing, he legitimately could have been like a top back. My 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 Malik Davis uh, best ball shares are are in crisis at the moment. <laughs> that guy, yeah, he might not make the team. Um, I I think Deuce is is credible. I think there is there is something here. Um, now Pollard's still going to dominate the touches. He's still going to be the workhorse back in in most situations. But I do think Deuce works his way in and, and eats into that a bit because. There's just not very much that he can't do outside of be tall. That's that's pretty much the the one thing he's lacking is being tall. Uh, Trey Palmer, I, I think, I think that whole team probably is just kind of an S show, if you will. Um, I I don't know who to even pick out in that. But I mean, what are, what are our thoughts there, Nathan, with Trey Palmer? I. I, I, it's so hard because the Bucks have been perpetually terrible, and I, I know it's hard to like you know blame certain teams versus certain positions, yada yada. But they've drafted so many day three wide receivers in the last ten to fifteen years, and they've all been bad. <laughs> like every single, like obviously Scotty Miller had a decent career for a day three wide receiver, but none of them have been fantasy impactful at all. Now, obviously Godwin and Evans are getting older, but their quarterback is getting worse. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think Palmer's worth a dynasty roster spot, but I'm not sure much past that. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And, and uh, you know, as far as the last option you listed, I think Jalen Warren is uh, a, a lot for me, like like a Naheem Hines, where just a really, really good football player, probably not ever going to be super fantasy relevant, uh, kind of that, that H-back type role. Uh, you know, we can see more out of him. The problem is, is, even though Najee hasn't looked like, you know, an elite back, you still put all of that faith in him. You still spend all of that capital. He's still the guy. Jalen Warren is going to play for that offense and, and probably be somewhat relevant. I just don't think the fantasy production is going to be anything close to, to you know, worth worthy. Yeah, I think with with, with Jalen Warren, 
there's the the people who like Jalen Warren are going to be disappointed by the amount of volume that Najee Harris is going to continue to get. Um, I I don't love Najee Harris as a player, but I love Najee Harris as a guy who has volume, and I do think that while we're not the biggest Kenny Pickett guys, I think that the the weapons around Kenny Pickett yeah. uh, are going to at least make that offense serviceable. And a serviceable offense plus the amount of volume we anticipate Najee Harris getting puts Najee Harris as a low end RB1 like at the minimum barring injury. So um Jalen Warren is a pure like I think Jalen Warren has like some standalone value as like an RB4 type, but really you're just waiting for an injury. And if Najee Harris gets hurt, Kenny Pickett's throwing it 40 times a game. That's a scary thought. That's a lot of interceptions. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so uh, we're about to wrap the show. So you can subscribe to RotoViz. By the way, uh, we didn't reference it today, but Range of Outcomes app, it's my favorite app. And Dan, I don't know if you looked at it. It got better. Like they, we made some more things. You can uh, choose your league type um, between standard, underdog, PPR, FFPC, FFPC, Superflex. And then, so I, I went to compare earlier in the show, and it didn't end up mattering because they both stink. Um, Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott, you, it shows you the range of outcomes and how Ezekiel Elliott, his more likely outcomes are in that, like, 8 to 10-point range. And Dalvin Cook, his most likely outcomes are more so in that, like, between 12 and 16. So I, I was surprised to see a high ceiling for Dalvin Cook. I don't know if that anticipates just him getting a similar volume that he got in Minnesota. That's not going to happen behind Brees Hall. But... Check out the Range of Outcomes app. It's got some new new tools, new functions, and you can compare and contrast all your favorite things. Also, make sure you head on over to GameTime.co, our new friends over there. Use code RotoViz and save $20 off of your first purchase. In case oh, you yeah. need tickets to a sporting event, to a concert, whatever, whatever you got to yeah. do. And I didn't say the promo code for your for – your, if you want the Range of Outcomes app and all the other awesome apps, RV Radio 2023. So there you go. Promo code segment. Hashtag. All right, that's your episode today. We'll see you guys next week. Ta-da!